Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Are you ready? It's the Roundtable with me, Robert Bannon. Hey folks, how are you? It's another edition of The Roundtable. My name is Robert Bannon. I'm so happy to be with you on the YouTube and the Broadway Podcast Network. I am excited to talk about science. I'm excited to talk about new art, and I'm excited to talk about something going on at The Signature, which is one of my favorite places to see a show. I live for The Signature because I don't think there's a bad seat. I think it has good acoustics, and they do really innovative work in all of their spaces. So Patrick Olson wrote a show called Emergence, and he got it to New York. And he's a scientist, but it's got music. What is this about, Patrick Olson? You know, as a science teacher myself, I'm fascinated by this story. If you want to know more about me, go to robertbannon.com. And you can listen to my album called Rewind, wherever music is heard. Because I talk about why I became a teacher and how I merged art and teaching just like Patrick did. Here's our chat. Take a listen. So, you know, when I'm not here during the day from the hours of eight till three o'clock, I'm a fifth grade science and social studies teacher. And when I heard about this show merging music, theater, science, and everything that Patrick Olson is doing on stage right now in Emergence, which you can grab your tickets and go see at the Parishing Square Signature Theater. It's beautiful, the signature right in the middle of New York City on 42nd Street. Patrick is here. I hope he's not going to test my science ability because I don't have the teacher's edition. You know, that that's teacher. <laughs> Patrick, congratulations. Thank you so much. How did this idea, firstly, tell us, well, how do you describe what emergence is? It's difficult to describe because it's a really unusual performance. Um, you know, in our key art and our posters, we have a series of sentences. One says, it's a play, and then there's a line through it. And then another says, you know, it's a musical with a line through it. It's a, it's a, uh, a monologue with a line through it. And on and on and on until it's a psychedelic trip, and there's a line through that, and then we end with, or is it? So it's a, it's a form-breaking show that really involves um, lots of different um, components. Like me, I do spoken word pieces that are like tiny little TED Talks, two, three-minute TED Talks. We have a 12-piece band uh, with four backing vocalists that we complement each one of these spoken segments with uh, lots of really great live music. We have immersive um, imagery on large LED screens. And so the whole thing kind of conspires and comes together to deliver what I think is a really unusual original and um judging from the responses of the people coming out of the show uh, I, I think a really fascinating experience proud it's, of it the pictures of it are gorgeous the artwork is Thank gorgeous you. the imagery that is uh, that is put out there is i can only imagine the energy people have described it all sorts of different ways you know mm -hmm. a combination of what david byrne did a combination of mm -hmm. a ted talk a combination it's all and it must just be of a feast for the senses. That's what it looks like when I see <laughs> um, Well, I, that's that's my hope. And I, and judging from what I hear when people come out of the theater, um, they really are experiencing that. Well, you have a limited, it's only, a, it's 16 weeks or so. So you have to go to emergenceshow.com right. and get your tickets. It's right on 42nd Street. You can see the show. 
It is yeah. perfect for the family holiday, you know, your yes. trip to New York City and you want to do something in between Christmas and New Year's when your kids are not in school and you want to get them interested in something fun, science, STEAM, STEM, all so important nowadays mm -hmm. in this world mm -hmm. to get kids to connect. What is it like when you see the audience and, and children and their parents and the fascination and, and the conversations you have with people after the show? Yeah, well, you know, the show is um, geared for lots of different ages. I think it would probably be over the heads of kids who are under 10, would be my guess. Um, and, you know, there have been some 13-year-olds who have seen the show and, you know, really ignited around it. I had one little girl grab me by the arm and it almost kind of hurt because she was clenching. And she said, I want to be a scientist now. So I love that. And, you know, it's um, it's it's just a beautiful experience to be on stage and seeing a full audience like this and watching the smiles travel through all the different people, um, watching their facial expressions because you can see people squinting when they're not quite getting something and then their eyes open up when it lands. And just uh, there, there's a lot of delight and discovery and um, imagination in the air and it makes it a lot of fun. It's got to be a blast. I can't wait to yeah. get over there. And I'm, I'm definitely, I, I spoke about it. I have, I'm have my date. I have my yeah. tickets and I'll be over to see it Great. for sure. What is your history? Because most people, yeah. if you think about science or scientists, you don't think of them stereotypically as a musician or a theater person. What, yeah. what is your background and how did this all come to be? Yeah, I'm a mutt, honestly, Robert. I, I'm just, uh, I'm all kinds of different breeds mixed together. Uh, you know, in my earlier years, I, I was very interested in art and, and um, uh, you know, explored different media on my own, never really successfully. And then I was drawn into business and I ended up in uh, educational publishing and that ignited my uh, appetite for building things. I love building things. And so uh, uh, a number of people and I built a scientific publishing company and, and that that ran for 20 years or so. So that was a major part of my career. And, um, you know, like I say in the show, I spent a lot of that time as the founder and, and owner of a science publishing company talking with scientists of all different, um, all different categories, you know, astronomers and physicists and biologists and chemists. And, and I was able to extract out of all those conversations a lot of really interesting insights about the nature of reality that are not obvious. What is obvious is what we think is how things work. But this show Emergence is really about, well, it looks like it works this way, but it actually works this way. And this is what's happening. And so it's almost, not really, but it's a little bit like a magic show because we start with obvious things that everybody can agree. Yep, that's how it is. And then by the end of two or three minutes of talking and then the music, it's like, it's not like that at all. And it's, it's a little disorienting and fun and interesting and um and it's geared at a level where i am and where my friends are and my people are it's geared at a level where you know i mean we don't use a lot of big words and we don't do formulas and equations and stuff and we talk about things in connection with science that have relevance to our normal daily lives that makes it fun well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Don't be scared. Don't be scared that it's going to be a homework assignment. This is not, this is There's not your... <laughs> Quite the contrary. There's a, um, you don't have to do anything, but just sit there and enjoy yourself. Everyone on stage is doing the work. And, and uh, I think 
You know, I think there are three things that we're really delivering with this, and none of it involves the audience needing to know anything about science. The only thing the audience needs to have is an open mind. You know, sometimes, Robert, people have asked me, like, well, what's the demographic? Who, is this a kid's show? Is this for old people? Is it traditionalists? Is it this? Is it that? And, and it's not any of that stuff because, again, it's a form-breaking show. It's just so original um, that actually midway through the show, I have to come out to the audience and explain to them, here's what's happening a little bit. And everyone loves that because now they've got some context and a little history and they can see how what we're doing on stage gels into you know a, a coherent message and um you know they uh what we would hope is that people number one find the experience super entertaining you know that they just sit in their seats and enjoy themselves and honestly judging from what i can see with the traveling smiles through the audience just throughout the whole show i think it really is entertaining and the second thing is like you know we want to touch people emotionally because these are you know, they have to do with profound insights that can generate a sense of awe and, and wonder and gratitude and meaning. And um, I, it, it shocks me. But as I was writing this, you know, I would have a lot of emotional um, experiences as this was coming together. And I always kind of wondered, like, well, I know what I'm feeling here. But is, is anyone else going to feel this way, too, or, or, or not? And um, I, I'm shocked, but like people are writing poetry about the experience. People are handing me poems that they've written. I've had people in tears, you know, that I've met in the lobby afterwards and they just put their arms around me and they say amazing things, which really leads me to believe that this show not just entertains, but, it, but it's also landing in a way that is emotionally moving people. And that, that would be my second goal, you know? That is, that is so fantastic. I, I, that is so exciting to me uh, as, as somebody who loves science, who loves art, you know, the merging of two worlds. And when you were talking about that, you know, we feel that way at musical theater. The, you, you're taking music, you're taking science, you're taking art, you're taking dance, you're taking collab this collaborative moment, really, and putting it all together. It's this performance. Yeah. Putting on a show in New York City, Patrick, is A, not easy. B, no. requires a lot of money. <laughs> C, requires a lot of people to say, yes, you can have my space. Yes, I can produce your show. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's an audience. Yes. How did the journey from you in your head as this scientist, musician, artist, take mm -hmm. it to the middle of New York City? Yeah, it's such a fascinating journey, Robert, really. And um, it's, it's hard to know when the idea actually began. Like, it, it doesn't have a crisp, like, Here's what we need to do from here to here. But I had been, you know, I had been writing music privately for myself and for friends and family my whole life. You know, I, I uh, <laughs> magnanimously told my, my piano teacher mother when I was eight years old, Mom, I'm not taking lessons anymore because I'm never playing anyone else's music again. <laughs> started writing my own stuff at eight. Um, and so that's been kind of, that I, if, if, if there was ever a start of the journey, it was when I was eight, I won't go back that far. Um, but I, I, I had, I had begun to really learn a lot from all this contact that I had had with scientists and learning a lot of interesting things about just the nature of reality. And I like to know how do things work? And I really like it when, when, when 
there's the possibility to attach meaning and insight, you know, and wonder around how things work. And um, I did have an experience, you know, where where the more I was influenced by these scientists, the 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 more my view of the world began to change. And um, there's there's a term called the overview effect, which affects astronauts when they first have an opportunity to look back on Earth, you know, after they're shot out of our daily paradigms. And um, I think I experienced sort of a slow motion version of that overview effect. Over time, I, I really began to realize like I'm seeing the world, number one, differently than I used to, but also kind of differently than a lot of other people. Um, and the music that I was writing, even though it was just for me and for friends and stuff, was reflecting these qualities back to me, these themes, you know? And then I thought, I'm just going to release an album, you know, at, at my age, I'm, I'm just going to do that. And I, and so I took these songs and I wrote some more and I put it in an album called music for scientists. Um, so, you know, my recording career began at that point, you know, with the intention of like, well, I, I would like other people to see and hear this and if they like it, great. Um, but I had an experience um, when I was writing music it, that really changed my whole trajectory and um, it, it's it's unusual it's it's odd but I I plug my laptop when I'm mixing music and composing music into my car speakers and so I mix my sound through car speakers rather than elaborate recording studios I mean we still do the recording studio thing but what's funny about that is you find the biggest, most expensive recording studio you can with the largest array of microphones, everything, right? Spend five or $10,000 a day. And when you end up with your file that you think is perfectly balanced, everyone puts it in their car and listens to it in their car. Like, is it right? No, it needs a little more bass, you know, or the high end's a little. I just eliminated that step. And so I'm in my car. And I like that experience too, because you know when I'm out driving with the music, it feels like I'm more connected with what this music is about. Like I'm not in a dark, four-walled, enclosed studio. I'm I'm out with the world. I'm out with the universe. I'm out with nature, and I'm experiencing the sound that I'm writing, and balancing and mixing and all of that with what I'm seeing. And I think it's had an impact. So. This is kind of a long point. I'm sorry about this, but I, I had an ex I'm so fascinated. Please keep going. <laughs> Thank you. Well, so I I, uh, I was working on a song uh, in my car and I came to a, a, a stoplight and I was just sitting there waiting. And this older guy passed in the in the crosswalk riding, you know, one of those jazzies, you know, like the scooters that help older people who have a hard time walking. And he stopped right, right in front of my car, you know, and slowly turned his head up to me. And I kind of assumed he was just going to yell at me for the loudness, you know. For, but instead, he started to nod his head slowly to the beat, you know. And then he was into it. And his whole body was like grooving on his jazzy. And, and I was sitting in my car, and it was like an earthquake. Sorry about that. I had never seen a stranger experience my music. Um, you, we're back. Did no I, I'm, I'm back, all right. No um, worries. So, um, 
and the, the thing about it, honestly, was watching this guy enjoy the music and then speed off on his, his, uh, his jazzy and having that be the end of it left me with a giant mark, though, because in, in that moment, for the first time, I had experienced not just a me and him around any kind of artistic thing, but it was an us. Like we were joined in that moment. I didn't know his name. I had never seen him before. I'll never see him again. But we were joined into some third thing right there. And I immediately did a hard illegal U-turn in Los Angeles. And I was frantically looking for a parking spot. I found one and parked badly and called my producer right away and said, I don't care what it takes. I have to perform in front of people. I have to, I have, to have that kind of contact. Because after all these years in my life, I, I really experienced us in a brand new way and in a really meaningful way. And that really, that was the inception of Emergence right at that point. Well, I, firstly, I had to take a moment <laughs> to get over the fact about mixing your album through your car. Yeah. Because as a recording artist myself and spending time in studios and nowadays... Oh, yeah where we could record in our home. And during COVID, we recorded like a puzzle and instruments were in your basement and my basement. And we all- Right, built. right. The whole new world out there. So I totally yeah. understand because what do we do? We get a mix, we get a, we get a, we get a mix and we go listen to it in the car. So it makes perfect it's sense. It's true, right? Yeah. It's insanely brilliant. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then the connection to people Sometimes when we're in a vacuum, I understand, Patrick, like when you're in a studio, when you're in a, when you're working on something for so long, mm -hmm. you get stuck in the vacuum and you think, I hope people get it. I hope it's good. Yeah. I don't know what this is. And then when you get that reaction from somebody else, it, it's just that reassurance to keep going. When you got that reassurance and you built, started to build yeah. this show and yeah. people started to gravitate to it and see it and, and have ideas mm -hmm. for it to come to places what is it like now when you look back on that journey and tonight when you walk on stage, Yeah, you know, for this science musician guy, there's gotta yeah. be some overwhelming feelings about this whole journey. It's, um, it's, it is overwhelming. And I, I, you know, I've done a lot of different things in my life. I've been fortunate in, in that regard that I've, I've had lots of opportunities for, you know, interesting life experiences. Uh, very little of it can compare to this, you know, because I feel, and I, I think this is interesting for, for people my age too, because so many people my age start to kind of think of themselves as like, all right, now how do I get on a glide path or, or, you know, and just work my way down into, you know, I guess less and less responsibility and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and for me, it's been quite the contrary. Like I, I've, I've gone from, from a life of having lots of personal freedom to a life, at least for 90 minutes every night, where every single motion is prescribed. Every single thing I do, every, every intonation, every phrase that I say or everything I sing, everything that's happening there is prescribed and, and it's designed. And so I feel like I'm in a super elaborate, like Japanese tea ceremony, you know? Yes. I don't know how else to describe it, but do, oh, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. 
Well, yeah, Patrick, you've sold me. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm sold. I want to know what kind of magic you're doing up there, yeah, um, and, and what kind you. of message and, and what your your visions and imagery is going to look like. What when you see go just yeah. Google it. When you Google Emergence Show, you go follow it on social media. Um, the vi the visuals are just stunning by itself, and it's not just you know a, a man in a white coat, which is not that it's not that show. You know, doing no. a science experiment, singing, big giant band, big background vocalists who have amazing credits yeah. and voices, lights and theatrics mixed with dancers, with dancers, it. yeah. It's it's a little bit yeah. of everything. This is not just you, you know, making a volcano out of baking soda and vinegar. This is <laughs> yes, it's absolutely right. And the music is not they're not periodic table jingles. It's nothing right. like that. I think the way to think about this is for people who consider themselves open minded. If you want an experience that will leave you kind of dazed and happy and wanting to touch other people and then you're going to stumble out in a daze into traffic on 42nd street and, and start wondering like what's real and what is not oh. that's the kind of show that, that we've designed here i think i'm here for it if you want to get your tickets <laughs> and get more information go to www.emergenceshow.com if you're listening to us on the broadway podcast network it's e-m-e-r-g-e-n-c-e -E -E, or just look on the bottom and make sure you click the link and uh, you're here through Jan into January, so get your tickets. Yes, that's right, January 7th, that's right. Patrick, thanks yeah. for the work, thanks for explaining it, thanks for sharing it, and thank you for doing it. Gosh, Robert, it's a pleasure. Uh, we're, I, we're, we're making great connections with lots of people and they're feeling really good coming out of this thing, so I think it's going somewhere and uh, it's been a pleasure speaking about it with you. I appreciate your interest and I just uh, really encourage everybody to come if you can. Come on down. I'll be there. Alrighty, there you go. Inspirational. Anything could happen. You could be a scientist making science literature, publishing it away, and then have a show off Broadway. Go to emergenceshow.com. If you want more information about me, my show is coming to Chelsea Table and Stage December 9th. It's a holiday extravaganza. It's a big old show. Kevin Smith Kirkwood, Robbie Roselle, and surprises galore. Hope to see you there. Join us every day right here on the Broadway Podcast Network. And I am excited that you stopped by and stuck with me. Till next time, everybody, the best is yet to come. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org, that's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org, because only together we rise.